Yechezkel chapter 43, the tour continues. He then led me to the eastern gate. Says what I see, the word see appears over and over again. The glory of God, the presence of God, came from the east. Sounded like the rush of great waters, Mayim Rabim. We have that expression in the Psalms. We call it Mayim Rabim Adirim. Kol Hashem Ramayim. El HaKavod Hirim Hashem Mayim Rabim. Psalm 29. Here too, the glory of God comes from the east. A great sound. We recall in the book of Yechezkel, Vashmak Horash Godol. Yechezkel hears more than one time great sound, great noise. And the verses here recall two other episodes in the book where Yechezkel experienced this. One is the very beginning of the book, of course, and the other is the episode where he's brought to the temple. He sees things happening in the temple, sinful things in the temple, and he sees God leave the temple. God leaves the temple. As we've mentioned before, for Yechezkel, the temple was destroyed before it's destroyed. That is to say, God's presence has left. And the book ends, concludes with the vision of God's presence returning. So it comes by the eastern gate. And Yechezkel, many times the word to see, which is very central, the earth, Heira, that's one, Heira lit up, Mare, Hamare is three, Raiti is four, Mare is five, Raiti is six, Marot Kamarez eight, Raiti is nine, nine times in these two verses to see. So he's seeing something, he's seeing God enter the sanctuary. This is to be God's place. God will enter the sanctuary, and God speaks. And the Spirit once again lifts me up and brings me into the inner into the inner court. In verse number 5, And I heard, I heard speech addressed to me from the bayit, probably means the temple. I hear speech, he doesn't go in the temple. Nobody goes in the temple. But he hears the speech from the temple. It's actually similar to what we have in the beginning of Vayikra, Vayikra Moshe, Moses at that point is standing outside and hears God speaking to him from inside. So over here as well, and what God says to Yechezkel, Ben Adam, et mekom kisi et mekom kapot ragui asher ragui asher eshkon sham betoch b'nei Yisrael liolam v'roi tamu ol beit Yisrael shem kodshi heimo malchayhem so God says to Yechezkel, this is my place. God speaks of this place being the place of my throne, Kisi, and, the, and, and, the, and a footstool for me. Footstool for me. This is my place. 
And the Israelites shall no longer defile, render impure, my holy name. It's an interesting expression. Usually it's to defile my holy name. Here it's to make impure my holy name. They and their kings, they and their kings, by the corpses of their kings at their death. And the explanation is found in the next verse. Pititam sapam sapai mezuzatam mezuzati. In other words, the complaint is that the burial ground of the kings adjoined the temple. The kings would bury kings next to the temple. And that renders the space ritually impure. The deeper point being that what God is saying is, in this temple, this is where I reign. This is my throne. This is my space. And it cannot be defiled. This is, this is God's space. That's what Yechezkel envisions in his, in his temple. A place where God is king, and inside the temple, there is no other king. It is not the case that Yechezkel is, is opposed to kingship in general. Certainly over the first 39 chapters, one gets, I would say, no sense of that, and even more so, we recall chapter 37, where Yechezkel speaks of taking, is commanded to take a, a stick and write about Judah and a stick which represents the house of Joseph and put one stick on the other to combine the two sticks will be one nation, one nation unified, and my servant David will be their leader. So David is held up in this vision, the vision of consolation of the future. King David is king. So Yechezkel looks toward a human king. The question is, what about inside the temple? What role, if any, does the human king have inside the temple? That's actually a very interesting question. We'll come back to that maybe tomorrow. But right here, God is warning Yechezkel and telling Yechezkel, this is my holy place. And Yechezkel then is commanded in verse 10, Ata ben Adam, Hageid et Beit Yisrael et Habayit, v'yikamu me'avonotehem, umaradu et tachnit. Now you, O mortal, Yechezkel, describe the temple to the house of Israel, let them measure its design. Let them be ashamed of their iniquities. When they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the plan of the temple and its layout, its exits and entrances, its entire plan, and the laws and instructions pertaining to its entire plan. And Yechezkel was told also to write it down, write it down. They may follow the plan and all its laws. What's interesting here. Two things, two points I'd like to make. First of all, what is very striking about Yechezkel's temple is that unlike the Chumash, the book of Exodus, where it's very clear who is constructing the temple. But Salo is the art, is the architect. He's the one to implement God's plan. And he has helpers. And he has volunteers. That's the temple, the tabernacle in the book of Exodus. And then we have Solomon's temple. And is Discussion over there about the building of the temple. Okay, Solomon conscripts people to build the temple. He has special artists. He imports from, from Tyre, Hiram. So there's a lot of emphasis on the actual building, the way it's constructed. In the case of Solomon, 
It's forced conscription to some degree, which is very problematic. In the book of Chronicles, in describing Solomon's temple, it puts it fundamentally in terms of volunteers. That's the view of the book of Chronicles, a different way to see it. But in any event, both in the Torah and the two versions of Solomon's temple, we are told in great detail who are the people that actually build the temple. What is striking in the case of Yechezkel, here in chapter 43, is there's no mention about who was the builder. In fact, it's not clear that it's being built by human beings at all. What is important is that they understand the structure. Write it down, and they have to observe, keep, they have to adhere to the rules of the temple. The rules of the temple means who can go where. The foreigner, the uncircumcised one can't enter. The Israelites have their space. The priests have their space. And it would appear that in the inner temple, the Hechal, where there's this table, probably for the showbread, somebody probably has to go in once a week. The showbread and the chumash, once a week they remove the old bread and put on the new bread. But outside of that, there's no sense anybody actually enters the uh, Hechal. And in the Holy of Holies, nobody ever enters, it would appear, from the plain reading. So what is important is not to build it so much. God will build it. What's important is to understand the concept, what it represents. And what's interesting here is that Yechezkel is told about the people being ashamed of their iniquities. When they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the plan of the temple. In the previous chapters, that is Gog Magog, it talked about, and even before that, it talked about God creating a change in the people, giving them a new heart, bringing them back, pouring upon them purifying waters. In these verses, perhaps what's being said is that the very presence of God, if they understand that God is truly there, this will affect their behavior. If they understand they suddenly stand in the presence of the divine, they won't do the things they might otherwise have done. That's what, that's what they'll be able to accomplish. So that the point of this temple or one of the points of it, is to allow the people to fully grasp what it means to have God in your midst, God in your presence. That will result, of course, in a sense of inadequacy. But that sense of inadequacy can propel one to greater heights, to more caution when it comes to observance, when more caution when it comes to things that defile the human spirit and defile God's presence. That's what it seems to be saying in these verses. And verse 12, Zotorat Habayit, such are the laws of the house. Saviv, Saviv, Kodesh, Kodashim, all around, holy of holies, Hine Zotorat Habayit. That means that the Bayit probably means the entire structure over here, the entire space, in contrast to what is around it, outside that wall. Outside the wall is Chol is profane, it's not holy, but inside is holy. In the innermost part of it, God is there. It's God's footstool and God's throne.